A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. Hello, this is Amanda Earl, and this is episode 27 of the Small Machine Talks. A.M. Kozak can't be with us today, alas, but we have the uh, lovely uh, fortune of having with us uh, Kirby. So he will, he will, uh, he's here in, uh, from Toronto to uh, do a reading at the Tree Reading Series. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> So uh, I guess uh, welcome, welcome to thank you, welcome to Ottawa, and welcome to Patty's Pub, which is where we are. Thanks for bringing me here. This place is great. <laughs> right across it, right across the, uh, well, close to, not quite across the street from Black Squirrel Books, where the reading will take place. I'm going to just start with a little with a bio, um, okay. just to make sure everyone has uh, all of the all of the salient details, or maybe not so salient. We'll see. Okay. We'll Jeff, work on that. Yes. <laughs> Jeff Kirby's newest is She's Having a Doris Day from Knife Fork Book, 2017. Earlier chapbooks include Simple Enough, Cock and Soul, Bob's Boy, The World is Fucked and Sometimes Beautiful, which is fun, fun, fun to read that title, by the way. Mm -hmm. Their work appears in numerous anthologies, beginning with the letter Q, and most recently online at Matrix Magazine and at Bandcamp, Jeff Kirby, and also The Rusty Tooth. Kirby is the owner publisher of Knife Fork Book. So that's that's it for our bio. And uh, well, that's it. Okay, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the questions, and uh, Aaron had quite a few questions too. But uh, now we're just gonna be, I'm just gonna be the one to ask questions for now, and we'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay. So one of the the things I've I heard from people in the Toronto literary community, and it's even more true for people in Ottawa because we don't know what the heck's going on over there in Toronto, but. Um, is that you seem to just pop up out of the blue when you started Knife Worker Book. Now, of course, I know that can't be true. So uh, I, I know that you've been here for, or in Canada for a long time and that you worked at the, that, as a librarian at City Park Library. So can you trace for us the story of your writing, how it started, how it's evolved? Big questions. Sure. Might need a sip of beer for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, it, it Knife Fork book did kind of pop out of nowhere. It did. Um, and I think that's been one of our our surprise um, our surprise the surprise element was a major factor in our success. Um, no one expected a poetry shop out of nowhere to open up in Toronto. No. And um, that alone me, because what was happening was I was I had a little old oak book cart that I was selling books in front of this place called Orbital Arts Gallery in the market, Kensington really? Market. It's okay, we'll make room here. I wish you were here for the truffle fries, kids. Yeah, we're having truffle fries. Okay, yeah. Oh my God, they look good. They do look good. Okay, so, um, and I was selling books to raise funds for City Park Library, which was a library at a nonprofit co-op, the largest nonprofit co-op in North America, where I also reside. So um, there was a little cafe two doors down called Rick's Cafe. Yes. And Rick would come down and he would say, Kirby, what do you got for me? And I'd pull out a few titles and uh, and that's how him and I met. Wow. So um, I went to his place for some coffee and he goes, Kirby, what the, he goes, Kirby, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And I said, do you want to talk about it? And he said, sure. I go, well, what's happening around here? 
And he goes, there's, there was a new, like, uh, coffee shop across the street that was, uh, what do they call that, franchise coffee shop. And so it was affecting business. And I said, well, I want to talk to you about that. And when we met, we talked about how to create a, a, a book shop within the cafe that would make the place a destination as opposed to just one of six or ten places yeah, for coffee on that, on that strip. Exactly. And even then, I wasn't exactly certain it was going to be a poetry shop. But then I realized, oh my God, Kirby, this is, this is the opportunity to do your fantasy. And my fantasy mm. was to have an all poetry only bookshop. Yeah. And this was the perfect size, the perfect location, and um, and that's how Night Fork Book was born. It also got, it was also born out of, you know, I was working for two years for a small publishing house, a Canadian publishing house, doing social media, yeah, and um, so I was finding out some of the, the pitfalls in what's happening in, in small publishing in terms of books not being you know, properly promoted or displayed or distributed or there was no legs on them, that sort of thing. And me, I'm thinking of myself as a writer and how, yeah. I, want my, how I want my work to be promoted when I'm out there. And I do promotion really, really well. That's something that's my forte. Um, I'm a cheerleader for where poetry. Did, where, did that, where did that forte come from? Well, oddly, that's another funny thing that you should ask because it actually came from from church. From church, it came from my early years at church. Really? Um, because what I learned at church is how to praise. And I mean, praise as in joyous, joyous response to what it is that we are you know, engaged in. And poetry does that for me. I poetry for me, poets are to be treated like gold. You know, they're they're the voices. And that's um that's what that does for me. So um Knife Work Book, I was running this idea for it and even then, and they go, oh, that's not going to work, Kirby. Maybe it's a pop-up shop, but it won't right. work because blah, 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 blah. And darling, if you want to light a fire under my bum, yes, tell, you, tell, tell you me something that yeah, won't work. Here, yeah, exactly, won't exactly. Work. And guess tell what? Tell me you can't do it. Tell me, yeah. tell me I can't do it, yeah, and here yeah. we are. Here we are. Because you have to have the vision for it, you know? Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, that's what we, yeah. I, I read, um, I was going through Knife Fork Book, the website, uh, very thoroughly, and, and I found out, I, I saw this really interesting um, piece on your first reading ever in Toledo, Ohio, when you were 18, at Tiffany's Wine Bar. So, yeah. could you talk about that experience? Your very first open mic. It was scary as fuck. It was yeah. scary, scary, you know, because... I knew what I was going to read. Right. I had three pieces, and I wasn't certain I'd get to the third piece because the third piece hinted at the possibility of of same sex love, and so and I was oh, still I know, <laughs> I know I know and I and I was you know young and not certain how that would come across. Well, it was at a, it was at a time when things were illegal, right? Well, it was so, coming, yeah. I, was, I was a criminal yeah. Yeah, in that state criminal. exactly, yeah. exactly. But lo and behold, I read the piece. I got through. I was there by myself, and all of a sudden, the guy that, 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 that led the group, his name's Bob, I remember him to this day, and he looks at me, and he goes, 
Come here, you big fairy. <laughs> and he gives me a hug. Ooh, and that was the beginning of... That, that launched my life. That launched my life. That's great. So happened happened at a open mic reading in Toledo, Ohio. That's perfect. Isn't that amazing? To be called a fairy in public. So lovely. To be called a big fairy. <laughs> yeah. With endearment. With, yeah, not know? yeah. Well, exactly. It, I can't even see the thing about that is I can't even imagine that word not used in, in I know it, that, it people do, but for me it is always term of endearment, you know, it's beautiful. It's well, that's beautiful. why you and I are sitting with each other right now, that's darling. Right. Exactly. Yeah, really. Otherwise, you'd throw me into the fire. That's no, no. <laughs> I'm simply saying. I would throw me into the fire. Well, there you go. But uh, and the other thing too is, I, I found out too that you have a background too. Your 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 back educational background is in theaters, and you have some background in theater as mm -hmm, well. So mm -hmm. can you talk about that as well? So much of my early work, I did a lot of um, monologue plays at Buddies. Um, in fact, the, the, my book Cock and Soul, I have a copy of it here, but my Ooh. book Cock and Soul was five different one-act monologues that I did while I, when I first came to Toronto. I'm going to read some of it tonight. Um, but, um, you know, for me, it was about coming into my body, discovering my voice. Um, I think everybody... Uh, wants to wants to have a an opportunity to be heard i think the voices our voices are essential yeah and um so that was a way of me can i tell you what really brought me into my voice yeah i was doing i, I had a a sideline job i was writing under a pseudonym i was writing gay erotica okay i've written erotica years. you know absolutely yeah. <laughs> so so I was writing for a number of different web blogs, and uh, I'm, in the, I'm in the best, best gay erotica of 1999. I'd love to read Under that. my own name. It's called Puppy Love. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yummy. <laughs> and um, the thing is, is that it killed my censor. Mm -hmm. I would, I would, I would think to myself, "Or oh, Kirby, you can't possibly say that. You can't possibly say that." You have to. And then I would laugh in my belly, and that's exactly what we're yeah. on the page. Yeah. So that became. The I no longer now when I'm laughing from my belly I know that's exactly the direction to go in. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, yeah. that's that's something I didn't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Which uh, is something we have in common. About I I, I sort of um, for for about a decade I wrote erotica as one of my main things and I have like all kinds of things published with that. I have a, a novel called A World of Yes about a woman who falls asleep during her 35th birthday and misses birthday party and misses an orgy and she spends the rest of the book trying to find out what the heck happened. So wow. <laughs> so well, you know, I was en route to see Pat Califia. Oh, you yeah. know Pat Califia? Sure. She called me dirty. Good. Good okay. for you. I know, I know. I said, can I put that? Can I quote you? Good for you. Um, because I was, one of my pieces was in the um, in Steam magazine. Mm -hmm. And they had the Porn Press Awards, and um, mine was selected, and she was the judge. And she said, are you, are you Kirby? And I said, oh, yeah. She goes, oh, you're dirty. And I just said, oh, my God, high praise, high praise. But what's so funny is that that was at lunchtime. Then I'm going to see her that night. At this time, she was Pat and not Patrick. Yeah. And lo and behold, um, I got sidetracked um, on route and hooked up with this guy, and then wrote, they wrote a story to her saying, I'm my way to see Pat Lee. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a great title for a story. Yeah, I met Patrick once. I, uh, 
uh, giving a workshop on uh, on BDSM erotica. That's yeah. Because I wrote a lot of that, and um, and I was told by Patrick that um, with my stories that. Um, I was going to give a bad name to the BDSM community because I had a story about a, a, a dom being a cult leader because I'm fascinated with that idea, like that maybe when they're not perfect, you know, when they're bad, right. when they go bad, that's more interesting to me. Yeah, bad puppy. Bad, yes. So so that's what I, I wrote that. It, it probably not wasn't a greatest story in the world anyway, but you know, I mean, I call them the Mandy Chronicles or something like oh, that. Oh, God, we so got to exchange some stories. That's, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, there you go. Wow. I'm sending you links now. Sending Thanks for coming out with me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it's, it's too late for everyone knows about it. Oh, me. Well, everyone knows. Okay. Yeah, there's no... There's new, no new to me. New to me. There you go. Uh, uh, okay, now I've, now I've totally lost my train of thought. That's good. That's it's a good completely sign. okay. That's good. That's good. So, okay, so what about um, your writing and your performance? When did you start? I guess I know you, you read at this open mic, but after that, what, what happened after that as far as reading in public and the work, right, uh, these one these monologues? Well, like I said, I started focusing in on um, mostly monologue plays, but also poetry. Um, and... You know, then there was a, a time that I, I had to just take a breather because um, there was, we were in the middle of the AIDS crisis. Yeah. I was doing um, the body work at that time, working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, um, mostly uh, persons with AIDS. And it was, um, I was based more or less a midwife to their dying. And that was my work for a number of years. Um, and then I had to just take a breather for a while. Yeah. Um, and I never really, for me, I'm glad I was there. It wasn't a life I was expecting, but um, it was mine to do. That's wonderful. You know, it was mine to do. Yeah. And I didn't keep track and I didn't keep count and my business went under and everything, you know. But none of that mattered because what mattered was we lived through that time and to this day much of my writing and even being here in this moment i have such gratitude that because i it's crazy that i'm here yeah it's absolutely crazy that i'm here well we have that in common <laughs> yeah 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 exactly so to be here and still give voice to their rich lives that i hold dear and my own life as well um so then I met Wa Wen, and Wa Wen and I met at a C.A. Conrad workshop at the, at the Imperial Pub. Oh, wow. <laughs> which was a fabulous place for that workshop. And we met in the washroom, and she said, how do I not know about you? And I said, I, 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 I'm thinking the same thing. And she goes, what have you done? I said, well, I just came out with this recording called The Cocksucker's Prayer. And she says... That sounds amazing. And it is amazing. <laughs> so that's how Juan I met. She was then giving a course in Frank O'Hara, yeah. which I signed on for, which a lot of the original writing for She's Having a Doris Day came from that. Came from that. Oh, okay. And, um, and she completely re-kickstarted my, my writing and... Um, her and our comrades in crime, and she calls Excellent. herself my intern with regards to my fourth book. I saw book. that. I thought that was great. It's, yeah, we both giggle about that. And yeah. um, <laughs> so, and now I've got, with She's Having a Doris Day, I have two other 
one full manuscript and another chapbook coming out mm. shortly. So we can talk more about that. That's, that's great. That's it's really great. exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah. Excellent. So Knife Work Book, I've been there only once and only in the in the new location, Dark Side Studio. So I do it was so great cafe. to have you in the space. It was so much fun. Oh and my I, God. I love being there. And I, I was like, I thought if, if I have, to, if there's anything I'm going to do while I'm in Toronto, it's go to Knife Work Book. Oh, and I was so you. glad that I did. Thank you. Me too. And, but the atmosphere is so welcoming and loving. So it's mm. just, it's just a perfect, uh, I, like, it's, I, don't, I used to live in Toronto and I, I have not a lot of reasons to live in Toronto anymore, but that makes me think I could. So, you know, it's really oh, that's lovely. exciting. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not going to be. I got That you. would be I news to you. my husband. You know, he might, <laughs> might be a little bit disappointed to hear that. But, uh, yeah, so no, he will not lose me for a bookstore and a lovely, a lovely gentleman. Come visit any time. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. So what were your goals for Knife Fork Book and how have they changed now that it's in its, I believe, second year and a new location? You know, Knife Fork Book is um, is a complete surprise. I knew that there was a niche. I knew that there would be an audience. I didn't know how large and how quickly. And I, there, there might be a number of reasons for that. I think part of it was because we came out of nowhere. Part of it's because we're completely grassroots and um, the poets responded in kind. Um, and the goal really was to champion poets and poetry and do that having a permanent location for poetry in, in Canada. So, um, and what makes that work also is we're very much um, event-oriented, giving platforms for poets to read. Um, we have a weekly series. And it's amazing because from the start, you know, man, that match was lit and that thing, just the flame came on. I know, it, it feels like it the came together so quickly, like a series. It, it really did. Now, um, Wa was a big help on that as well yeah. because launching Wa's book, Violet Energy in Gods, yeah. was huge. Having Anna Maskavakis come in from Ugly Duckling Press and a few other connections that she had really put us on the map in those first few months because these are these were events that everybody in the poetry community wanted to come to, right? So we got on the map really, really quick. And from there, all of a sudden, Nightbook Books became the place to read. And uh, and it's remained that way ever since. So, yes, I'm tickled. Yes, I'm delighted. I don't take it for granted. We, darling, there's the day I'm not working my ass off. As you know, you and I both work really hard. I don't know anybody that doesn't work hard, actually. Um, Especially in the poetry community. You can't be lazy, really. It's hard to... No, no it's hard to be lazy. It's <laughs> and it's, it's just too interesting, too, right? It's way too interesting. And there are people to meet and people who are also, like, it, you see, you find these needs and you have to, there's no one else necessarily doing them or you just have to take it on. Well, again, this is mine to do. Yeah. Each, each job that I've had, that I've created... It's because I saw it as, oh, this is mine to do. This is what I can do, right? And I worked book with something I could do. I was juggling three different contracts in library work, no benefits, no guarantees of anything yeah. whatsoever. Working my ass off for what? For what? Right. And 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 not no one was grateful. Well, okay, I'll be take that back. But my my peers were or my peers were gold. The people, the, the community that came, they were gold. 
but um, it was just a lot of work. And I'm thinking, if I'm going to work this hard, why don't I do what I want to be doing? And so here we are. That's great. Well, I'm sure everyone there, and of course in Ottawa, we're just full of envy. We have we have some some good local bookstores for sure, but we certainly don't have a whole bookstore devoted to, to poetry. Like nowhere, nowhere. It is really special. It is really is there, special. I mean, I, the other place, only place like maybe there are others in here I don't know about, but I've never heard. But the one I know about, the only one I know about is in North America is the one in Boston. Grolier's I know of one in Seattle. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, there's none of We're the only one in Canada. It's amazing. I know, and we plan on expanding. We're having a we're, we're having a, a bicycle butt cart built for us no. that's being launched this spring, and we're testing out in Toronto. I feel like seeing a bicycle built for two, only a bicycle built for books. This is going to be a poetry can't be poetry bicycle book cart. Oh we're going to test it out in Toronto, and then we're going to have one hopefully in Ottawa, Montreal, Halifax. That's that's the plan. At this time of year, you can put, put people on skates and that have run the that would, be, that would be amazing. Or a frozen poet vender. Oh wow! It's <laughs> a funny that's, idea. Well, that's that's wild. That yeah. sounds like fun. Yeah. Poetry, poetry cycle, something interesting there. It's a it's a it's a suite of it's like a suite of poetry you know, cycle, a poetry cycle. Oh, I like that too. <laughs> there okay. you go. Okay. <laughs> that's hilarious. Funny. All right, where are we? So, um, okay. And the other thing too is now you've got actually well you've got a, a press that you've had. Was the press there from the start, or did that come a little bit later? It came a little bit later. Much sooner than we expected, but you know what? It was a no-brainer. Um, I was meeting poets every day. I meet poets every day at the shop. New, with, new, with manuscripts? No. Well, so, no, actually, no. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But that's, that, that, please don't let that seed. That's not what's happening. No, that's not what's happening. Um, the scoop is is that um, I I could see chapbooks are our thing. People come to our shop. I love chapbooks. Because we have the physical chapbook in hand, and it's so great to be able to come in and go through things as opposed to just see something online and hold the object and really, because that's they're a thing of beauty. Yeah, poetry is it's nice, especially. And the other thing too is just the formatting challenges of, of producing, um, say, a, a poetry book as an ebook and something like. There's a lot of challenges to that. So it's, mm -hmm. sorry, I read I read all kinds of stuff both ways, but for right. poetry, it's pretty much exclusive. I need to be able to touch that. Book. Wait a second. You read both ways. I read both ways. I'm bitextual. I'm bitextual. Oh my God, you are you are ahead of me, darling. <laughs> I use that for other things. So I, I say it when I'm a writer of fiction and poetry. So then I say I'm bitextual. I love that. I call any e-reading I do is disposable. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was, and also. You know, we're primarily a bookshop, first and foremost. Yeah. And producing our own books is more profitable. So um, it, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was just yeah. a no-brainer. And you work with and, Coach House to do printing, or yeah, sometimes, or yeah. Norman Nematala does our book design. He's brilliant. It's we met. Beautiful book. Oh, he does. Oh, they're beautiful. He's. It's such a, it's such a wonderful thing to work with him. I love that. Sex made me. That, that, that's a beautiful. Oh, what a beautiful book. Gold, gold and red, like gold and so red sexy. and the symbol and it's sexy yeah. and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all pretty sexy yeah, actually. They're all sexy. The envelope. And, no, it's all great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, John DeJesus at um, 
at uh, Coach House's, the printing house. He's such a big, a big help and such an inspiration. So, and we've got six new books lined up, wow. and we and we've launched a second imprint. I know. Tell me about the the uh, sec- the new imprint. The new imprint's called What Queer Reading. WQR What Queer Reading, and um, you know I'm queer. I wanted to do something queer. Um, but I didn't want it to be, I want it to be its own imprint yeah. attached to my first book. And the real reason why I did it is because I got my first choice of editors, and that's Fan Wu. Fan Wu, yeah. Fan Wu. Read some poems by Fan Wu, just wow. a little bit of late in various journals. Yeah. He is, he is exceptional in every way. He's so incredibly generous insightful, articulate, should I say generous? I mean, that, for me, that, that, that is the primary thing I look for in anybody that I want to have around me. Perfect. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and he's he's point. absolutely lovely and a great poet, and we're primarily focusing on queer poets of color. Yeah. And uh, when fans said yes, I said yes. Then we can do it. Then we can, we can, do, can it. do it. Yeah, do that's it. great. And he's going to be a lot of fun to work with. So that's wonderful. Oh, that sounds like a dream come true. It is a dream that's come it. true, actually. And what about your own poetry? How does it fit with within your goals for knife work book? Well, they're, they're are they related or you know. They're only related insofar as as I'm the publisher at Knife Fork Book, but my next two books aren't, it's unlikely they're going to be published by Knife Fork Book. Um, We did Doris because I knew, I kind of knew Doris would bring some money. Honestly, belongs in that, belongs to that. Yeah, it was, I I wanted it to be in that first package of chat books. And, you know, she's got legs. She's in her third printing. We've sold over 300 copies. I'm overjoyed. Um, But the next two books that I have going on, um, one is a full length. It's called This Is Where I Get Off. The two pieces in, in yeah. I love I love your a, double entendre. We'll talk about that in a, in a minute okay. too. Well, this is where I get off. It's actually about, um, it, it's a map of all the places where I used to go to public sex in Toronto. Oh man! And um, it's very fun. It's very fun. And when we actually launch the book, we're going to be renting a bus. And we're going to go to the locations. Go and I'm going to read. Tour. I'm going to read from the locations. You're, it's hilarious because I have talked about a similar thing for Ottawa because I have I have lots of I have a chapbook called um, um, the Sad Phoenician's Other Woman, which is after Robert Croce's Sad Phoenician, and it talks mm-hmm. in the chap. It's basically a riff off, like an homage to his and he, he his um, the lover in in the story. He uh, the speaker abandons because she has a love of adverbs. So mm. this is the woman who loved adverbs, oh my God, I and love that. Uh, basically it's all of, it's all about all kinds of different men that I had sex with in all the different places in Ottawa, and they're no longer here. A lot of them. So, exactly. So yeah. Exactly. So it's that's all it's, yeah. The trains change entirely. We should do entirely. it. We should do a multi-city tour. We could do that. And I can. I, I have some in Toronto too. So you know, I would go. So I think it's in the works. In the works. <laughs> I'm holding you to it. There you go. I also I, I wanted I want you to know that I can't. I, I'm one of the people who forgot how to ride a bike, so I, I can't do it on the bike. Like, you know, Not on the bike, girl. And I've oh, never no. done it on a bike. I we say. are still doing it in the back of a bus. <laughs> okay, back of a bus. There you go. That's much better. I've done that. That's all. Right. Anyway, it's it's um. <laughs> so that work, and then the other work that I'm doing is a little chat book called. Um, White Christian Days. Oh, how's and days spelled? <laughs> that, I'll leave that for you. All right, there you go. It's probably exactly as you imagine, yes. and um, and it's and it's being done as a as a 
a track. What are, the, what are those called? Those um, proselytizing tracks. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, remember the Czech publications? They were like, okay, it's like, not being like uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's being done quite like that. Exactly. Very fun, and, and over time in my life that now I can write about it because I'm now I can write about it. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, uh, Daniel Allen Cox, uh, Montreal writer, his first novel, which the name of which escapes me now, but it was his first novel, which was done by a local press called I mean, Novella Guest Dusty Owl, was about being in a Jehovah's Witness as a young person. Mm -hmm. it's, it's great, it's hilarious. I cannot oh, remember yeah. what it's called. Oh, yeah. You would enjoy I think you would enjoy Daniel. Daniel, if you haven't, I, I, Daniel is a dear friend of mine. We don't see him very often. He's in Montreal. He's, he's a wonderful. Daniel, I hear we have to meet. Yes, you and have I'm to. in Montreal a fair bit. There okay. you go. Oh, I, I I really think you guys. Well, I I believe you would hit it off. He's lovely. He's and you're lovely. So mm -hmm. that'd be great. So speaking of your poetry, I guess I what I got a chance to read. Um, She's having a Doris Day, which I love, and I, I and also I got to listen to the Cocksucker's Prayer, which I also love. And mm -hmm. I, well, I especially love that. And also I got to read the poems that are on the rest of the site as well. Yes. So it was wonderful to read your stuff. I find you manage to balance playfulness and body humor with serious issues which is no easy easy thing to do because it can come across sometimes as overly serious or overly funny and but no you do it so you talk about the florida shooting the pulse nightclub death of loved ones from aids gender identity you go into white middle class convention and christian homophobia especially she's having a doris day and american politics so your playfulness such as the double entendre and white sail from she's having a, a doris Day. Um, she, uh, she's always admired a man who knows how to tuck. <laughs> I was I was so happy with that. I'm always so happy with things like that. So is that a natural thing for you, or do you find? I think it's a. I don't even know why I'm asking this question. I think it's natural. Or do you have to work to include something like that? <laughs> you work. I, 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 the, the the thing that I have to do is is know what to edit. Okay to get it because otherwise it's oh, too corny. otherwise it's too much right exactly <laughs> um it's funny because gary barwin had read the book i love gary so oh, much yeah. he's, he's one of my favorite poets friend. writers she, yeah. love him and he wrote to me a little note saying <laughs> I, I i love a man who knows how to talk yeah, and i yeah. knew then and there that gary i said oh my god gary got it he yeah, seemed yeah. like well, it's right there so I'm sweet i'm not surprised to hear that <laughs> it, it, it made me it made me really really happy to hear you bring this out as well um, it's it isn't comes it does come natural to me, but trust me, the work is in the editing. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's because initially it there is quite a bit of hemorrhage, there is quite a bit of um, back and forth. But the, 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 for me, it's the difference between um, do I do I use the machete or the feather duster? Yeah. <laughs> okay, and it's the point. constant play between. That's it machete or sledgehammer and feather duster because I learned like when I was younger it was all sledgehammer yeah yeah you know and then you go wait a second you might want people to actually be able to breathe and I learned that from one of my mentors Kirby give people a chance to take this in to breathe and that became the skill to develop oh let's give them a moment here that's right let's, yeah sometimes I know I, with myself I love puns so much and anything to do with wordplay and stuff that I can go nuts and um, I love like 
I like it when people groan at my puns, you know, or, or spoonerisms. A groan is a type of orgasmic sound, after all. Enjoy that. It's that was good. Exactly. I, any, and I, I, I welcome all body sounds. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Um, okay, so your poems such as When the Gardens Were the Gardens and the Rusty Tooth and the Cocksucker's Prayer deal with what I've referred to here as taboo sexual acts, such as diaper play and... Um, drinking piss. In the cocksucker's prayer, you talk about Jesus masturbating his big black cock. I was over the moon at this. I was enjoying it so much. And Mary Mag being a huge fag and drag. So great. Okay. Um, I'm going to make sure we put the link up to the that's on Bandcamp, and you really have to buy it first of all, but you can listen to it there as well. Uh, how do you find these poems are received, and when, if you perform them in pu uh, public, do you feel comfortable doing so, and are there readings where you avoid doing such? Well, any any smart person that's going to work with an audience yeah. needs to pay attention to the audience and what audience I'm walking in on. Right. I mean, um, the last time I read Cocksucker's Prayer publicly was at um, at World Pride at Propeller Gallery. I was I was at Propeller Gallery, and um, it was you know. It's world pride. It was, yes. it was it was extremely well received. Perfect, yeah. perfect But I've also read it in you know I I did readings in bathhouses. I did readings at the Steamworks and great. Um, oh, what a great idea! Reading oh, in a bathhouse. Honey, oh, we, we broke out the poppers. It was wow. like it was called Kirby Born to Suck. <laughs> That's great. Wow. And uh, I feel like I I I really should have been a gay man. Like I just you guys have way you gay, gay people have way more fun. Than, than uh, well, some, gay, of the, uh, people, some of the hetero activities that I, I have heard of. <laughs> that that could be true. I don't I don't know. It's yeah. just it's it, I don't know. All I know is this: the gay men that that like yeah. myself, we're we're open about talking about sex and yeah. sexuality. It's just it's, it, and you too. And, yeah. and what's wonderful is I don't know anybody. That I that I'm near, that sex isn't a primary color. Well, that's it. And you know, it's a primary color. But We're it's not such a taboo. Like, it, it, I, like the reason, one of the big reasons why I was writing erotica was because it was felt like the last mystery about people. And what I say I always to my friends is, "Well, you won't tell me about your sex life, so I have to imagine it, and then I read about it." You know, so that's that's what happened. Exactly, and all, you know, and it is entirely imagination. Yeah. And entirely based on, and um, and I want to give, I want to at least be able to imagine. It's it's one thing to, um, the, the worst thing, the, the most insidious thing is to self-censor, even the imagination or fantasy, to be able to, like, of course I can imagine um, <laughs> all sorts of things. Oh, so but, can I. <laughs> exactly. That's a whole but other podcast. It kind of reminds me of afterwards. I went. I was, I was on imprint a number of years ago with Daniel Richler, mm -hmm. and I read a piece called "Bob Smith Sucks Cock" from my <laughs> thing, and it's 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 really is extremely graphic, but fun and playful. And it was all exactly about a boy seeing his name on the back of a bus, a school bus chair, saying that he sucks cock. But he, but that was his biggest nightmare was that they would say this about him, and and, and it never even happened yet. <laughs> you know, but they knew that, oh, you're a cocksucker. Right. Anyway, long story short, 
There was a boy in Bancroft, Ontario, who saw me on that show. I've been, my parents used to live in Bancroft. So exactly. That's where the Northern Dyke Pod is, darling. And um, and he goes, oh my God, you're the guy that was that you were the poet that was that that read that piece. And and. He goes, he goes, I did that too. He goes, I used to drink my own piss too. Right, and I'm yeah. going, oh my God, how wonderful. Can you literally that, just walk in the door? I've done that on Snapchat for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to go there, I prefer beer piss, okay? But you know, the thing is, they, no one paid me, so again, this is an issue. I'm simply saying how, how joyous it is. I'm still a liberationist at heart. Yeah. I'm a full-on liberationist at heart. Absolutely. And um, how joyous it is to to rejoice in the body and give voice to the body and uh, for, and and to and to let the body dance, let the body do its thing. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. We're on the there? same. We're on the same page. I'm here. It's nice to be in your company here at, oh, yeah, here at Patty's Pub. We're having a lot of fun here. Yeah, this is this is good. Yeah. I, I, I um uh yeah so so okay and here we have um this is Aaron's question here which uh this is something he had a bunch of other questions too but this is the one I have from him here so again returning to knife fork book um it's made a major impression on the poetry community in Toronto and in Canada and I would add yeah because people it's a model. We should mm -hmm. have one everywhere. In addition to having a selection stashed with new releases from all press types, you have events that celebrate both well-established and emerging poets. What do you see as Knife Fork Book's role in the Toronto, Ontario, and Canadian poetry scenes, and how much of it is intended? What do you see your role going forward? The role going forward is opening it wide open. And what I mean by that is um, I've had a specific vision for its developing year, for its first year. I've been the driving force behind it for its first year. But now it's only going to continue if it's opened up to more and more voices and ideas. And um, we're, we're actually launching a new program called KFB Satellites, where everyone that, that, that is connected to the shop becomes their own voice for what's going on at Knife Fork Book. We're going to be having um, classes. You're going to be able to do classes and workshops and reading groups while the shops open, while, while during wow. operating hours. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so exciting. It is so exciting. Um, and because it can't, it can't. You know, I don't want to. I have no interest in this being the Kirby show. Right. Yeah, I, I know what, what I mean, do yeah. have an interest in is freeing myself up to be more Kirby. I was going to say, you know, I would like to watch the Kirby show. I think it would be a great show. Like, I would like to watch that too. I have a lot of a, fun doing it, but there are so many. I'm so excited about every everyone that I meet at the shop, and the response is, "Wow, I I want this I want this place to continue to exist." So we've been enormously successful, considering we've only been open for 15 months. I know it's amazing. It's in, it's been an enormous success, and now we're looking at ways to branch out and become more sustainable. Um, and that's that's. KFB satellite. That's just 
opening things up. I want to include more and more voices. Um, we could talk more about that. Look, keep, keep checking out the website, nightforkbook.com, because it's really informative about what's going on there. And there's lots of great photos, too. There's, uh, the photos are amazing. And they're good photos. They're not like crappy, typical poetry photos. I, and I know you're not just saying that because I take them. Yeah, no, no, well, they're good, but maybe, I don't no, know, I find them to be good. I mean, I there's one of me on there, and it's not horrible, so. Well, what's great is I, I try to capture the energy of what's going on there, and that and that is, and that is at the heart of that place, you know. So much, so much of, of, of Toronto is so burdened by competitiveness and, Oh, fighting for the same wedge of the pie and all that other crap, yeah. and I'm 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 just the I'm the antithesis of that, you know. Um, my interest is how what would make this possible? What would make this possible? What would make this possible? That's my first response. So yeah, that sounds great. And I have I usually like to end my um, the interviews are close to end because I usually like to give the, the the writer their last word. But um, mm -hmm. so I wanted to say that um, in she's having a Doris Day. There are juxtapositions between white middle class politesse and what's hidden between beneath the between haha beneath the surface, such as cockroaches and white sail, a pristine bed that is never used for sex. I like the way gender is handled in an almost casual way in the poem, in that particular poem, White Sail. And in Adam's feet, we have the image of fragility and volatility. I love those lilies in a glass vase and the church at the funeral for the victims in the Florida shooting. And then wanting to kiss the feet of a straight man who would kill the speaker if he knew like that. Those were powerful and, and my heart, you know, that really affected me. Mm -hmm. uh, so these juxtapositions between love and hate, appearances and reality create powerful poems. I enjoyed all the work, and I said it, especially a, a cocksucker's prayer, which is so fucking irreverent, joyous and sad all at the same time. So that's a beautiful, it's mm. beautiful. And I'm so glad that you, that you made this, you shared this work, and that it's out there for everyone to, to appreciate and be part of. It meant so much. It means so much to me to hear your reading of the work. Um, so often, you know, what happens is, as you said earlier, there's certain there might be certain audiences that might not get beyond being simply offended by a first hearing of something that they've never heard before. But I'll never forget when I was in high school. And I was in journalism, and my journalist teacher said to me, we were writing about, we were asked to write about a piece about premarital sex pro and con. Oh, pro is there and a con? What I know. Is well, interestingly enough, I was, you know, a prudish young white Christian uh, eunuch at the time, and, you know, not, I wasn't out yet. I came out the following year. But why I came out the following year is she posed a question to me. She said, Kirby, don't you think Jesus masturbated? That's a great question. <laughs> and I was 15 at the time. And I want to say, Dee Roth Perry, thank you for shaping and changing the rest of my days. Um, that question was the curveball that was the first step of my liberation. And uh, so that's why I continue to write as openly as I do. Thank you very much, Kirby. It was wonderful to have you here. And uh, 
we will, uh, and by the time this podcast is uh, on, we will have had a, the reading, and the reading will have been wonderful. So we travel back in time momentarily to now, and uh, wish you a good reading and uh, good t- uh, luck. Oh, you don't really need luck, but uh, good, good life workbook, which is incredible. So thank you very much thank for joining so us. Thank you. Thank you. Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and AM Co.